welcome to Talking Bay 94 Live Star Wars Celebration London. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Oh my God. Uh, this is very weird and international, Talking Bay 94, but I appreciate everyone who is here. Thank you for tuning in to Talking Bay 94, the Star Wars podcast dedicated to interviews with the cast and crew and creators of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today I am live and joined by the incredible Amy Rakow, the author of a lot of books that we're about to talk about, but especially Star Wars Timelines, which is semi-officially on sale right now at this convention and on sale very soon at a bookstore near you. Amy, thank you for, for coming. Everyone give Amy Thanks a... Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate. It's, I appreciate. It's it. really fun to you know be on you know panels when you're very sleep deprived. <laughs> like it's an interesting experience. It is. Um, we we went to bed at midnight and woke up at five. And so if something happens, let's just blame it. Uh, blame it on that. Uh, Amy is maybe not to embarrass you on a stage in front of these people. Maybe my biggest inspiration currently working in Star Wars in terms of what she did before starting in official Star Wars stuff and then what she's doing now and, and where she's going, and I'm excited to dive into that. Um, and for those of you who might not know what Talking Bay 94 is, it is just conversations that I have with people I find very inspiring who especially have worked on Star Wars. So um, Amy is one of those people. And so we're just gonna dive in and go through her career from chronological order. All and right. we'll, just, we'll just see what happens. Let's we'll just vibe, it. it's gonna be great. Okay, let's start at the beginning. A very good place to start. What were your earliest inspirations? What inspired you? What were you excited to read or write or, or watch? Well, I really don't remember a time when Star Wars wasn't in my life. Like, literally the first memory of my life is seeing the Death Star explode when I was four in a movie theater, which is the only thing I remember about that showing, which, you know, maybe that says something about me. But, uh, I think that I always loved movies. My parents loved movies. They took me to movies that I was, you know, too young for. So, you know, some might say they always loved movies. And I just really became obsessed early on with how these movies were made, who the creators were, who the people in the background were, not only just like the directors and the producers, but like who is that person holding that light and who, you know, what are all of these cables for and what is all of that doing? Um, and I think that that's kind of a gift that Star Wars gave to me. And I think that that is very, very common among Star Wars fans, that they watched films that George Lucas was inspired by, and that gave them an education in international cinema. And they wanted to know more about behind the scenes, and they learned about that, and so many people, I mean, now generations of people have gone on to work you know, in, in the industry because of that. It, it really is, it was my film school. I mean, it was so many people, like, you know, the Kurosawa thing is very, um, it might be a little bit of a cliche now to be like, oh yeah, like George Lucas and Kurosawa, you know, but it's so true. It, it's so I mean, true. You have like to watch should, it, I mean. and it's so nice with even like the acolyte this weekend, where they were like, "This is inspiring to us still in a very <laughs> specific way." And now they're growing with Shaw Brothers and everything. And it's very. I'm excited for more people to to watch yeah. to watch things. Okay, so we talked about the first time you watched Star Wars. What were you initially wanting to do? What was what were you like? Okay, when I grow up, I'm going to be this. And then what was, what, where'd you go to school? What did you try to? I wanted to be an actress until I realized that I was a giant introvert. And that just wasn't, you know, for me, that wasn't going to happen. Good that I think a lot this. of professional yeah. actors feel like they can disappear behind a role and, you know, that that is their way of kind of doing it. But I just did not find that. I sucked. I mean, like, let's just say it. Like, from early on, and I gave that dream up quite early. But I always really loved history in addition to film history. And so... I was a film, sager, film studies major uh, at UC Santa Barbara, which has a really great program. And uh, I really kind of soon knew that whatever I was going to do, it was going to involve film and history in some way, which maybe I'm jumping the gun, but it's like I worked as a film preservationist for many years, um, which was a great way to kind of, you know, restoring classic films. And that was a really interesting way to kind of combine those two things. What, in terms of film preservation, were there any jobs that stuck out to you? Are you able to talk about certain oh, jobs yeah. that so, might have? I don't. I don't well, know. I don't yeah, know. No, so I worked at uh, my first job was at UCLA Film and Television Archives, and then I moved on to uh, a laboratory, YCM Labs, which um, some of you might know is actually the lab that did the restoration work for the special. I mean, restoration work is maybe not the right term, but for the special editions because it wasn't restoring the original, but uh, it was creating something new. But it was, you know, it was also preserving, you know, some of those elements. And I was not there while that happened. I actually came on when that kind of stuff was wrapping up. Uh, but I did um, 
they did the first DVD release of Gone with the Wind, and I repaired the original tricolor nitrate negatives. And uh, I did that for uh, Meet Me in St. Louis as well, and The Adventures of Errol Flynn. Uh, and I also ripped uh, a couple frames of the best surviving elements of Citizen Kane. Wow, that's a small uh, movie. Yeah, a small little... <laughs> which, you know, you, you film rips. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, whether it's nitrate or acetate, they are very old and they rip. And so that was a memorable day when right. I had to, you know, admit that I, I did that. That's good, that's good. <laughs> no, I'm sure, I'm sure no one missed it. I'm sure yeah. it's fine. I'm sure it's good. Are you writing at all? Are you like, are you trying to be creative? Or then what was that kind of? I really wasn't. I wrote a lot in college. I thought I was going to become an academic film writer and write academic film things. Uh, but then I really, really got into just the hands-on um, repairing a film and doing all of that. I really enjoyed that. But I wasn't doing any writing. Mm -hmm. What I ended up doing is I moved to the Bay Area. And I, uh, was, I was living in Mountain View with my then boyfriend, almost fiance. And uh, there was a temporary job that was opening up in the Lucasfilm Film Archives that is not close to Mountain View. If you are familiar with uh, the Bay, where the Bay is, it's about an hour and 45 minutes away. But I you know, had to go for that job, and I did get that job. And so from tw 2004 to 2005, I ended up leaving uh, and moving to Colorado right before Revenge of the Sith uh, premiered. But I was able to work in Skywalker Ranch um, for that time, which was, you know, Obviously, like Terrible. super. Yeah. It, it was horrible. Yeah, no, I mean it was. It's just ugly, and everyone's right. mean, and you know, like it, it and was. And it's very easy to get into. It's and super easy to get into. There's no yeah. security. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I've I never was, tried. When I was there, so Skywalker Ranch was there. This was obviously before Disney purchased Lucasfilm. Big Rock Ranch was also up there, um, and I worked in the one building that was like super secure, and there were like three of us in that building. And so I was super, I was very, very isolated from everyone at the big house and everyone who was working on the other things. And I was an introvert still. And so it was really, it's funny, my experience there was basically just working in this giant room with a whole bunch of foam and, you know, my love of, you know, everything that Lucasfilm has ever made. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, it was a really, really fun film, but it was also kind of a bizarre experience because I, you know, there were a whole bunch of people who now I have met at Lucasfilm that were like, wait a minute, like, you were there when I was there, right. but we never met. I'm right. like, I know, it's I lived an hour and 45 minutes away. <laughs> and so, like, when there was, like, a little, like, thing for the, a couple hours over the weekend, like, it wasn't as easy to get to. Right. Um, but I did that, and that was like that was great. But then when I moved to Colorado and kind of started a family, I thought that that was that was kind of my fun Star Wars dream experience, and I thought that maybe that was it. Yeah. Um, and then, so what made you? Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert! It was not. Um, what made you want to jump back into, especially Star Wars fandom, and something that, like, I, I respect so much and that I, I think is, is so important is just like transformative fandom and just being creator with a purpose and you kind of came up very strong looking for Leia and then also the 365 program talk to me a little bit about why you wanted to to do that what inspired you and, and kind of then the path that took so I uh I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom I feel very lucky to have been a stay-at-home mom I had two children and then I really really needed to do something that had nothing to do with them for a while I really wanted to transition to that I wanted to preserve my time with my kids um, my Star Wars fandom has always been high, but it definitely was kind of like on a downslope when I had young children. Um, and, you know, I think, it, you know, up for a lot of people, like, you know, The Force Awakens kind of, you know, when that build up, when, Dis you know, the tw 2012, when Disney bought it and there was a little build up and then like, oh my God, there are going to be new books and there's going to be new this and there's going to be new that. I wanted, you know, it kind of reignited my fandom and I wanted to do something creative. And it's a total cliche to write what you know, but... I mean, it really worked for me. <laughs> and so I started just writing on uh, other people's fan websites. I would, you know, pitch them, like, can I write here? Can I write there? Trisha Barr, um, who's like on Fangirls Going Rogue, was an early supporter, and I wrote for her website for quite some time. Uh, I wanted to have something of my own, and so the cards that you have are from a fan project I did in 2018. It was called 365 Star Wars Women, where it was going to be a Twitter project where every day I did a post about a female character in Star Wars, uh, comic books, legends canon, everything, like movies, TV, books. Uh, and then I opened it up to profiling. I, I thought, you know, a couple months later, I was like, oh, well, maybe, like, maybe I could do an interview. Like, but who would give me, who would let me do an interview? Uh, and, you know, Jennifer Heddle, like, from Lucasfilm Publishing was, like, a fan of the project, and she was one of the first interviews, and Heather Antos was one of, you know, like, it turns out that women 
we're very, very excited to be a part of a project that, in my view, was trying to create a space and a history of women in Star Wars and give people whom you might not have known that, I mean, you, you look at a lot of the original behind the scenes stuff for the original trilogy, there were plenty of women there, but they're not always the ones who are in the forefront. They're more in the background, like maybe they don't get a caption, you know, but they were doing some really important things that I think now a lot of fans have much, much more um, knowledge of. But for me, I learned a lot about yeah. the history of women in Star Wars through that project, and that was really in inspirational to me, but then, you know, everyone gets greedy and you're like, you know, you were writing for free and then you're right, you know, but you don't want to, you know, you want, you want to, you know, kind of move right. up. And so I basically just looked at the people who had the careers that I wanted at that time. And I was looking at Trisha Barr, who was writing a lot of DK books at the time, Jason Fry, Cole Horton, like, how did they do it? Like, what did they do in the years before? Mm -hmm they were writing all of this and they wrote for starwars.com and they wrote for Star Wars Insider. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, did my best to write things that I thought were as similar in style to those things. And, you know, you try to make connections, you try not to be obnoxious about asking people for favors, but I mean, you know, making friends with your peers and proving that you, you know, are a good person to work with, that you turn things in on time, you don't say their secrets, you're not going for clickbait. If you interview, I'm sure you've experienced, I know you've experienced this. When you interview someone in Star Wars and they say something that they absolutely should not have just said out loud, you need to make that choice if you are going to use it to get that like quick hit of an audience or if you are not because it is not relevant to actually what you were trying to do. Um, and then, you know, you don't burn bridges. Right. And people can, you know, there are two paths. Right. There's the light side and the dark side. You know, the light being a Sith. I could just put works. up all the unedited Talk Bay 94 episodes for a very high Patreon tier and burn some bridges. That could be a lot of fun. We should try it. Yeah, no, I mean, because it really is amazing when some people, especially when people who, who haven't worked in Star Wars and probably will never work in Star Wars again, they're like, well, let me tell you right. about this day on set. And you're just like, wow, you've been holding on to that. You know, like... Um, but so I ended up, you know, uh, I had some people that really, you know, were able to introduce me to people. And that really never ends. That whole, like, can you know, like, would you introduce me to this person? Would you suggest that I don't suck as a writer? Like, and that I turn things in on time and that that works. Um, and so I kind of, you know, made that progression. And, you know, you make friends with people. I mean, Twitter now is a disaster. I mean, it's always been a disaster. But, I mean, like, you know, Twitter was extremely... Like, my whole thing, I live in uh, a small town outside of Boulder, Colorado. Like, I am still essentially, like, you know, I don't have, like, a full-time job. Like, you know, I'm pretty lucky that I still can, you know, do all of this as kind of, like, a glorified, you know, part-time job. But, like, there's no way that I would have, the you know, the, the career and the work, doing the work I did now if it wasn't right. for social media and people just being kind. Yeah. I think that... That's huge. Um, talking about that next step that you kind of are building to, the DK books especially, and then like, I just feel like every, uh, the publishing panel has not started yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just 15 books announced that you were writing. It is not. But, uh, I don't know if that was an NDA or not. Uh, you, all <laughs> you all should come to Lucasfilm publishing panel later today. Yes, pl Twin plugging Lucasfilm, uh, yes. Yeah. Basically, I had a long-term Palpatine-like plan to write reference books for DK. I was extremely laser-focused in a way that I wouldn't even recommend being so <laughs> extremely laser-focused on this one thing. But what I did is I was like, okay, well, how can I, you know, the, the DK folks are not on Twitter, so that was unfortunate, you know, but I was like, okay, like, I didn't want to just ask, you know, it's, it's awkward to ask people, like, will you give me their email address, and, you know, because you don't want to, because, like, it's not public, and, like, they're just going to, you know, they can't take pitches from me or anyone, really, like, that's just not how it works. And so uh, I was just like, well, maybe I could see if someone could say, like, do you want to get interviewed for 365 Star Wars? And if you look at the, you know, the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, when I did a few more interviews, like, I interviewed the hell out of the women at DK. <laughs> like, every single woman that, like, would give me an interview, you know, I did. And, you know, and it turns out that now these are the, the women that I, that I work That's with awesome. on these books. Um, I also know that there were some very kind people. I think that the people at Lucasfilm and the people at DK and other publishers who work with Lucasfilm 
they are paying attention to what they see on the internet, whether it is official or whether it is not. They understand that they are constantly needing to get fresh voices in there. Uh, and so you might be surprised that, you know, sometimes people, you know, it, it's this cliche of a story that people are like, oh, like one day, like, you know, I looked at my email and then, you know, they asked, do you want to write a Star Wars book? But I mean, it was June 2020. It was like the height of, you know, lockdown. And I was on my outside porch playing Animal Crossing, as you do uh, in <laughs> that time. And, yes, uh, and I, you know, checked my phone and it was, you know, a woman from DK Books who was like, would you like to write the Star Wars book? And I probably burst into tears, but I was just like, yes, you know, like, uh, you know, I think, and so that was Star Wars, I Love You, I Know, uh, which is more of like a novelty book, but it's kind of yeah, like, yeah. yes, my baby, my baby book, and so that was my first one, um, and then it just kind of, you know, kind of moved on from there, but I mean, it's completely terrifying when someone offers you that, because you're unsure if you can tell anyone, like, and you, you know, this, I mean, some books, a lot of the books I'm working on now have NDAs that are very obvious, right. but you should shut up. <laughs> but uh, like that one didn't. But like I still felt like you know, the, your whole goal. I've talked to several time authors who've had their first Star Wars book. The number one goal is to not get fired. You know, to not screw it up <laughs> immediately and like burn a bridge and then like it'll never happen again. Right. Um, and so you're just kind of doing what you do. Writing IP nonfiction is a really interesting. Like I've not written any regular fiction. I've only written Star Wars. I do have something coming out later that I cannot tell you about, which I'm very sad about that is not Star Wars, but like almost everything, everything that I've have published, everything, most of what I've worked on is Star Wars. Uh, and it's just really, really interesting to work in it because it's, it's a world that I love, but it's a world that I don't own. And like, you know, I think a lot of people think that I write things. A lot of people think I pitch the books. Yeah. I've never pitched anything. Like every single job I've gotten from DK, um, or other publishers has been that crazy email that's like, hey, I mean, would you like, you know, right. yes. I mean, like, I was like, you know, Ashley Eckstein, I interviewed her once and she was like, when Star Wars asks you if you want to do something, you immediately say yes, that is your job. And then you figure out how it works out later. Like that's like, but you immediately say yes. And you immediately say yes, especially if it scares the hell out of you. Right. Because like that, like those are going to be the projects that, you know, that's timelines. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk a little bit about Timelines? Are we? Uh, can we can only talk a little bit? I think I can't. Well, yeah. So timelines is in this. I am so so thrilled that timelines is on sale here. It goes on sale in the states April twenty fifth. Uh, I think everyone. Did anyone else buy it? At, did anyone buy? It? Does anyone have it here by chance? Do you actually? I was gonna buy it at Forbidden Planet, and uh, if if you could. That'd be incredible because I was gonna buy it and it's so heavy and I was our, our luggage was already uh, over uh, over the weight. So when we my were kind of history with books is I wrote Star Wars I Love You I Know. Oh my gosh! Thank they you. it's big yeah. and heavy. A look big, at you for buying a, it. A visual, a visual reference. Look at this. Look at this. A real. Look at that. Yeah. Doctor. Doctor timelines. <laughs> Clap. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Take a bow. Thank you. Yes. Wrote Star Wars I Love You I Know. They asked me to write for the regular character encyclopedia that is movies and live action TV. They kind of come up with a new edition of that every couple of years. I wrote the Rise of Skywalker characters and a couple of the Mando characters. I did I, Star I Wars I Am Your Father, uh, which is another novelty book, which is like mothers, fathers, mentors, you know, stuff like that. And then I got an email, um, and it's the funniest email looking back, because it was like, Amy, we were wondering if you wanted to do something a little bit bigger. And, and that was, like, could not have been, like, more of an understatement, uh, like, of my life. Uh, so this book, it's not just me by any means. Uh, the five authors are me, Christian Baver, Cole Horton, Jason Fry, and Clayton Sandell. Uh, I didn't know who they were until a couple of months later. <laughs> so glad so that you knew you had co-authors, you just was, didn't know who. I, I knew, like, I knew Christian Baver and Clayton Sandell quite well, well then, so we were immediately, like, texting, like, oh, my but, uh, but, you know, Cole Horton and Jason Fry, uh, like, I mean, I just, I own every book yeah. that Jason Fry has ever, you know, made. Which is like so a whole bookshelf, yeah. It was, it, I mean, it made a lot of sense that they were involved yeah. in this book. Not so much me, but at the time, but, uh, but I mean, that really, like, it, w it was really, really great. It was great to get to know um, all of the fellow writers um, as well. But I'm really, really proud of this book because if you're unfamiliar with it, it tells basically all of the Star, Star Wars stories from short stories, animated shorts, video games, comics, novels, TV, movies, like literally everything 
that you can possibly think of, we, you know, attempted to and did, and you know, we, it's there. Uh, it's from <laughs> like before uh, time before the High Republic, all the way through um, the rise of the First Order, uh, and it was just really like a phenomenal way to re-experience a lot of Star Wars stories that I was familiar with, and then you know, get to get find an excuse to, you know, I'm always looking for an excuse to, you know, do Star Wars things. And like the best thing about being a Star Wars reference author is that, you know, my family, you know, my kids are not Star Wars fans, of course, because that would be too easy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like they're just like, oh, like, are you like, what are you want? Like, haven't you seen that? And I'm just like, I'm working, you know, like leave mom alone. But yeah, I mean, this book, I love, I love it when stories like from, I love Jedi Fallen Order. And the book that I, the section I worked on the most here is Reign of the Empire. And so, like, I got to write kind of, like, the journey of, like, the characters of Jedi Fallen Order. And to have that be right up there with what was happening in the movies, to have those things be on an equal level, um, to encourage fans to go seek out short stories, to encourage Rebels fans to now find those Rebel comics, which yeah. used to be really, really hard to get, but now Dork Horse has put them out. Um, it just, it's, just, it's a Star Wars love letter, and I will always be um, just super thrilled that that they asked me. I, I think, I'm not sure, I don't think, I, I, this is the best. I don't think there's going, it's, I don't like, I'm, I'm always gonna love it. Like, if I never wrote anything else, like, I, I would be, I would not be okay. Be That's a hell of a pitch, <laughs> really. And now everyone's gonna go, it's really, I was flipping through it when I was deciding to, to buy it this weekend or not. And it's, it, like, so intense, like, in, a, in the best way possible. I mean, every single inch of real estate in this book is used. And it's not just, like, one timeline. Like, it's addressing when things happen at the same time. Like, there are some, you know, pages that are really, you know, perhaps, maybe, you might see a page at the Lucasfilm publishing panel. Whoa, I think, when is that? Although, that honestly, I don't even know. It's not, I have not, you know. But, uh, I think so. But, yeah, I mean, it really, you know, and the designers of this book. I yeah. met one of the, I had lunch with some DK people a couple days ago, and I got introduced to the person across from me, and he said that he was one of the designers for Timelines, and I immediately blurted out, I am so sorry. Yeah. Because, you know, things would get shifted around, um, but another important thing to say about this book is that, like, there are the five writers. There are several, several DK editors. There's a million other people who had their impact on this book with all of the designers. There's all the people at Lucasfilm, all the people at Story Group. Like, it was, like, the geekiest, <laughs> like, let's have a long conversation about this very obscure thing that happened in 16 BBY. Like, you know, like, are we sure? <laughs> like, are we sure that that happened? Like, is it before or after this? Like, is there a reason it couldn't have happened there? Like, what else has come out? Like, and so, like, I mean, it, it really was, like, just literally the geekiest thing, like the, the geekiest Zoom calls you, you can possibly imagine happened around this book because everyone wanted to get it right. Everyone wanted as much information here as possible. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a unique and wonderful experience. Incredible, incredible, can't wait. I will stop holding your book hostage. Um, and whenever you need, I don't, want, I don't want you to, Okay, I don't want you to, I don't know if there was a, a panel and I was just like, no, you have to stay. Well, and I think, did you, did they still have the maps? Yeah, I have them. So if you buy the book here, Jason Fry, who's like, you know, the master of the maps, like she's had got, there it is. Look at that. this is the only place you can get this map. It's for free if you buy this book here. The map is not in the book and the map is not available anywhere else. It was available at Celebration last year. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous map that Jason did. And so, yeah, I, I think everyone should get the map. <laughs> We're really just—I mean, I'm waiting on the on the DK check to clear for me. This is great. This is. I know. Uh, you uh, would think that I would get royalties from this book, but I do not. <laughs> but. Um, the other thing that you can buy this weekend that Amy worked on—she worked on that last year as well—is the celebration program. The guide itself needs an editor, and you're looking at the editor of that guide. Talk about what you did last year, how you got involved, and then how that changed this year. And then maybe a special contributor that has two articles in there that turned his stuff in on time. You know, I don't... This is how I got, I'm like, I'll let you write for the guide if you let me know. No. <laughs> uh, so that was another crazy email, Lucasfilm. Uh, so Cole Horton had uh, been the managing editor for the Celebration official commemorative guide. I think that's the official name for it. For many, many years, he, you know, was doing, like, other fancier things at Disney, I think. And uh, apparently he recommended me, which is very, very kind of him. And uh, so some publicists who are kind of like Lucasfilm helpers, mostly for the guide, emailed me and asked me if I wanted to do it. And like, you know, 
Star Wars asks and you say yes. Yeah, so yes. Uh, and so I really, uh, so Celebration 2019 was my first celebration. Uh, and I went last year. I had never, I had never purchased the guide. <laughs> uh, I did not know what was in the guide. I didn't know what was going on. But the guide is a really, really interesting uh, publication. I'm biased, obviously, but like, I mean, even before like I was involved with it, it has some uh, some event information, but it doesn't have panels or stuff like that. But it has bios for all the guests who are here. It has all the art that is in it, um, and it has like information about the tattoo artists. But a lot of it is Star Wars history. Like whatever the big anniversaries are, like we, like for this one, because of the 40th anniversary of uh, Return of the Jedi, um, Ian Kinsel from ILM in interviewed Bill George, who was instrumental in creating the B-Wing. Um, someone interviewed Patricia Rose. There's a whole bunch of different history in there. There's a little Willow in there because I love Willow. Uh, there's a little Indy in there because I was obsessed about just getting, you know, there's like a, some of the, the, um, the vintage Lego stuff, indie Lego stuff, which now has been, um, has come out. Uh, but I got to see it in like a PDF that has like my, you know, everything it has you like your name water stamped on it. So like, I mean, you're, you're screwed. Like if you, you know, if you, if you move it over there, but, uh, and then it also has a lot of information, like interviews from people who work for the Bad Batch or interviews from people who worked at Star Wars Visions have been in there. Um, and so my job is basically corralling all of the different departments at Lucasfilm, getting on these like hilariously large, you know, Zoom calls where it's like a whole bunch of Disney people and a whole bunch of Lucasfilm people and me. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm the only one with a Gmail address. <laughs> and uh, like, what do you want to do? So not surprisingly, the games team wanted to go full Jedi Fallen Order. Um, you know, we initially thought that the game was going to come out before the, you know, the convention, and then that, you know, that switched. But like, so we worked with them to, you know, interview people from the game, had a little bit about the toys, and then I interviewed Sam Maggs about her tie-in novel, um, Battle Scars. Um, but it's really a really fascinating job because not only do you get a little bit of the inside information from the Repop side, but you, but I've gotten to, you know meet and understand kind of the workings of Lucasfilm a little bit. And what I've learned from the people at Lucasfilm is that they're just so excited to share, you know, it's a fun project. It's like if you could put one page or two pages like in this kind of yearbook, like what would that be? And, you know, sometimes they know exactly what it is. Sometimes I pitch them some things. Sometimes like other people pitch things. Um, but you kind of come up with an idea of, what you can do and you know you're sometimes limited because the guide comes on sale the first day of the convention um and so you know they want to be cautious about you know spoilers it goes to print about you know because print is hard like print is so like everything online like you don't have to worry so much about like you know how everything is going to fit on this like little page um but print is beautiful because you know it just has a lot larger uh staying power right. so i'm really really proud of the guide um, and I tried to get as many writers in there because I wanted to reflect the, you know, I wanted to reflect the fans, you know, for celebration. And no matter what event stuff was in there, I wanted it to be um, worth it for the people who, who purchased it. So if you get it, I hope you like it. I was able to thumb through it yesterday from someone who was like in line and I was like, oh, is that the guide? Because I, I know, I still haven't seen yeah. it. I get a copy like a couple months later. <laughs> <laughs> the guide is, uh, you can't use it. You can't. So. You won't know what type two hours to go to. Um, I know, you know, yeah. Okay, I'm sure, again, you have 10 books coming out that are all... But one of the ones that has been announced, and I'm sure that will be talked about a little bit, and we'll just plug it right now, the High Republic Character Encyclopedia. Very exciting. Yes. Wow. That's like... That book itself is a dream, and yes. then you getting to write it is... Incredible. Yeah, and co-writing it with... If you're familiar with yeah. the High Republic, you might have noticed that there's a few characters in it. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I was offered that um, right around the time of, like, Phase 2 came out. Uh, uh, and we were working on it, and I think it comes out in November. I think that's the last date that I heard. And that is... That feels so... It's, it's great. It's so much pressure, though, because, like, High Republic fans are so amazing that you want, you know... And when you write about a specific character, and this was true for, like, even when I, you know, when I was writing the character pages for The Rise of Skywalker, like, I'm like, okay, today's the day I'm writing Claude's page. Like, <laughs> best day of my life. And I was just, like, you know, wanting... You know, like, I had certain people in mind where I'm like, I know that, like, this person on Twitter is going to, like flip out that I, you know, <laughs> we're using this image of Claude. You know, you always have that in your mind. Um, but it's a lot of responsibility for the High Republic. My co-author on that is Megan Krauss, um, who is amazing. Yeah. 
This is her first Star Wars book, and she is absolutely killing it because it's not an easy first yeah. Star Wars book to have. Um, but, you know, the authors have put so much effort into it, and so many of the characters appear in so many different stories um, that, you know, you just want to you wanna try to capture it all and have it be the best resource for High Republic fans yeah. um, and hopefully help draw more people in because, you know, Obviously, from this weekend, like there's a lot of High Republic <laughs> stuff coming up, and yeah. so uh, so it was really, really, it was really, really great to be asked to be a part of one of the reference books for the High Republic so early on. And maybe, I mean, again, I'm gonna be having my High Republic book in one hand, and then really, that's that's the only way I'll be able to survive all these books now is being able to reference this book. So, yeah. um, really exciting. Is there anything else that I might have forgotten, or that you want to? Fuck. Anything that you're working on or anything that you've been... Well, some, something else I think that we didn't really talk about, and both of us have done this too, is um, Star Wars Insider. Mm. Um, and the Star Wars Insider editor is here, and he's at the Forbidden Planet booth, and he has meet and greets every day uh, if you're interested in learning more about Star Wars Insider. Or, or if, if this you want to do your good yeah. job and say, like, hey, like, I'd like to, you know, if you want to if you want to write for Star Wars Insider, like, this is the perfect chance to go up to him, Chris he Cooper. He does not have a, an email, or he does not have any social media or anything like that. I don't he does know. not. Yeah. So he's so, like yeah. a, a ghost. Um, and actually, I'm going to be there noon tomorrow. Uh, and so, like, I mean, you should come up and you should introduce yourself to him and explain to him, like, who you are. And, you know, like, you never know when those connections can, you know, can lead to something. But Star Wars Insider, I really love because I love interviewing people who worked on Star Wars things and, you know, people who, uh, you know, like both legends that like I've always wanted to meet, but then also people who are working on current things. But Star Wars Insider also get, lets you do, you know, some history retrospectives and like looking back, like I did something about fanzines, pointing at someone, uh, like, uh, you know, like looking at the history of fanzines and how a lot of people are doing fanzines. And it really is a great space for that. And so that's something that I definitely uh, want to do in the future. I do have some stuff coming up that I can't talk about, but one thing I can talk about, which is not an official thing, is I wrote, um, it was always on my dream list to write uh, something in the academic space, like since I had gone from college, like I want, even though I'm not an academic, I wanted just to fake it. <laughs> I'll force my way in there and just like, you know, I feel like it was a dream that I had when I was like way younger and I wanted to kind of fulfill that. And one of the people that I interviewed for uh, 365 Star Wars was Dr. Amy Sturgis. And she actually does, uh, she works for a couple of different universities, but she, through Sigmund University, you can actually audit um, classes that she teaches about Tolkien, about Star Trek, about Star Wars. You know, like there's a lot of very serious, where's Chris? Ac like serious academic work being done by, by academics, no. But uh, like, like there's a lot of really, really great books and essays being written. And uh, Amy Sturgis and Emily Strand put together um, a group of essays examining the Star Wars universe. And I wrote an essay about, I think I can, I'm gonna say it. Say it. Uh, <laughs> they're not here. They're not scary like Mike's <laughs> I'm not gonna make him mad. <laughs> but, Should uh, I cut that out? Do you want me to? Uh, no. no, it's fine. He knows he's scary. No, but. <laughs> It is about the evolution of Twi'lek. I say Twi'leks, and no one says Twi'leks. I say I say I don't, I don't say Twi'lek or Twi'lek. I can't handle. It. I, I, I said Twi'leks from a young child, and now I've written an academic essay about them. <laughs> about how so, it's pronounced. Uh, but from basically from Return of the Jedi through the Book of Boba Fett, I took uh, a look at Twi'leks, and it was probably the most challenging thing I've ever done. Uh, so much of the work that I do is concisely writing about Star Wars. Like, so many of the things that I have are like, we have this box and it's 20 words, or we have this box and it's 50 words, or like, we have this caption, we need you to figure out how to mention 85 things in, you know, 12 words. You know, like, I mean, that's just a lot of what I've kind of developed a, a niche for. And, and that's also with this book, like, you know, trying to kind of break down some, you know, I did... I did some, you know, Star Wars Rebels stuff and, like, trying to break down some of the crazy things that happened in season four of Rebels in, like, 20-word bits, like, you know, you know, Lothwolves appear, everyone passes out. You know, like, I mean, like, it just, you know, it just seems ridiculous when you, you're writing it. But, um, but this really gave me, this, this uh, essay in this book, which it, it's coming out later this year or early next year, it doesn't have an official title yet, but it's written press. I did it, and it made it through peer review, <laughs> and uh, like you know, it, it was definitely it was completely out of my comfort zone, yeah. but I think it made me a really like a much better writer uh, because because of that, and so I'm very excited you know for that, and that's something that I would just recommend writers too is just to constantly be looking for different things to write. Yeah. 
like, and don't just keep on doing the same thing, even if it's working, like, that you will really do, you know, be a better writer if you do different kinds of writing. When I said that she was, like, my inspiration, like, this is, this is why, and I, I hope that people that are here that are interested in writing or interested in doing something official, what Amy has just been talking about for the past 30, 40 minutes is pretty much the roadmap. Like, that, I've never heard it that concisely and directly laid out, and so, like, that is, so thank you for, for saying all that. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you have, you know, if I don't have an agent, because agents really don't want just to work with people who just do IP stuff, like, if I was going to get an agent, my understanding is I'd have to, like, write something that's not IP and, you know, go that way. Um, but the nonfiction, you know, it is a way, like a lot of nonfiction writers don't have agents. They don't have other published things. Um, and so you really just kind of have to get discovered in kind of an unusual way. But something else I would say about this community is that like all of the people, all of these people, all the people I have met who write, you know, either Insider or StarWars.com or the other books, I haven't met a stinker yet. Like, I mean, like they're, like they're all very, very supportive of one another. It could easily be a very, you know, like trying to steal other people's work or like trying to one-up each other or like talking smack about each other. But like, I really haven't found it. I've just found it a very collaborative kind of, you know, area. And so I think that, you know, if you, if you do get that call to do a nonfiction Star Wars book, like you should just DM me on Twitter and I won't tell anyone and I will be, you know, like. That seems like a trap, honestly. No, That's I, I, I promise I won't tell anyone. I'm like, look what they did. Uh, but, uh, because, I mean, I, I really, really, I like most of the books I do now. I'm, you know, if you're going to write IP, and this is true for fiction, and a lot of fiction people have said it, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to accept very blunt criticism that you cannot take personally because it's not your universe. You're going to get these notes from a ton of different people. You know, it could be, you know, blunt, but it's not personal. It really is just like, we only have this much time to get this out. A lot of these books have very, very strict timelines where, like, they have to come out before this book or they have to come out before that film. They need to have, you know, like, they need to have a certain amount of structure. You know, and getting them approved is, you know, it's just, you know, they're big companies. And, like, a lot of people are, are involved. Um, and so, and you need, but you need to be able to make some crazy deadlines. Like, I mean, like, the fi you know, fiction authors talk about, like, just completely insane, you know, deadlines to write, you know, these books. And I can't imagine, you know, writing that many words. But it's true for, yeah. for nonfiction, too. Like, you have to be flexible. And you have to just, you know, you have to understand that because it's not yours, when you, whatever you write, like, it could get changed. And they might not even tell you. You might not find out later. And that's not them being jerks. Like, that's the job. Like, you are a guest, like, and you are there to be a part of it. Right. Um, but, like, if you want to write a Star Wars book and you want complete control over it, like, it, it, it's going to be, it's gonna, which is great. And, like, there's tons of unofficial books and, like, that. It's also, like, right. you know, and I love them. I think that, you know, I think that fan stuff, and, I mean, that even sounds, like, derogatory. I don't mean it in any way. Like, I right. think a lot of unofficial stuff is even more interesting sometimes. Yeah, like, I mean, they're value. such different beasts yeah. that like, I don't even like compare them because like they're both extremely important right. and are like both dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, but I think that the nice thing that, I, the thing that I really appreciate is that the community of writers are just so supportive of one another, which is really important because, you know, especially when you're working on something that's kind of secret. Like if you mm -hmm. have like that one person that you could be like, oh my God, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Did you understand what was going on in that comic? Because you know, like, like, yeah. like everyone seems to disagree about it. You know, yeah. like it's really it's really nice to have people to, to reach out to. Well, on that note, thank you so much for when I reached out to you about coming on, coming on. Uh, this sure. was no, wonderful. It's great everyone to be here. Uh, just, just crushed it. Um, so here's the thing. That's that's the end of the official interview. Thank you. We do have 19 minutes left. Get no, <laughs> Take your book, go. Um, we have 18 minutes left, so you can leave, and it won't offend me. And I, but I thought, I have computer access, and I have Wi-Fi, and I have eBay pulled up, and we could just go through eBay together, and as a treat for this room, I can show you my save searches and some of the things I didn't win. Um, we, can do it, we can do it right now. Um, this is what I, I said he had to do this if I was going to be here. <laughs> I would like to, if we do this, invite my wife, Maggie Hunter, up here as the official barometer of the don't let me buy this, buy this. This is Maggie. Everyone say hi to Maggie. Um, let's see if I can uh, get this over here. Let's see. I have dreamed of this day. 
what Maggie doesn't know is this is getting cut out of the actual podcast, and no, so that's not what you said before. Well, it doesn't this is not a very visual? Um, okay, so this is this is like a, I really am like kind of scared to show this. This is like the secret. This is the secret. Like this is what I do all the time. Again, thank you all so much for coming. Um, this has been a joy, and now I'm just gonna like do what I do when I'm at home. Which is uh, one tab is Twitter and one tab is this, and then I uh, shit post and I sell. So here's I just did this. This is actually one of my white whales. If you ever see this, this is one of my white whales, the four super snipe prints. In 1977, George Lucas made money off of Star Wars, and the first thing he did is he bought part ownership in a comic book store in New York called Super Snipe, and the first public Star Wars like museum was a collection of four prints and as well as some original like Ralph McQuarrie artwork. But Joe Johnson did a print, Ralph McQuarrie did a print, I think they each did two. Um, and really incredible, really high quality, but also like one of the first like high quality Star Wars collectibles. Um, so this just went up t- yeah, this today and you can see, here's my Max, don't look at the Max bid, Maggie, don't look at that. But, <laughs> but somebody uh, already outbid me and so I'm done. That's, I, that's, too, that's too high. And it's gonna stay that way. I didn't, I, I put an offer in, see that? And then they were like, whatever. And I was like, it's okay. Sometimes I put the offer in and I get the thrill at that moment. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, $5 more. I'm like, no, I don't want it. And so that was an example of this. One day I'll get him. Because I think he's funny. Can I ask a question? Yes. Is when there's announcements, yeah. such as the ones we've had this weekend, does that impact the prices? Yeah, for some things. I don't think... Uh, and the value. For some things. Uh, a good example of people that collect comic books and stuff, when uh, Vanessa Rowe was announced yesterday, I had to go... I was like, do I have her first appearance in a comic book? And I did not. And now it's like too much. I'm like, well, why did I do that? Who won? Um, this is me being stupid. Okay, okay. Here's, here's something I didn't win that I'm very upset This is by. not stupid. This is not stupid. I'm very upset I didn't win this. This is the Ewok Ice Capades, right? So in the 80s, the Ice Capades had a special Ewok show, and I really want this pennant. I have a search just for this pennant because I think it's so funny. And this one was so gross, and it won for that much money. So the, yeah, there's Kinesa. It's beautiful, right? What a beautiful thing, Maggie. Don't you agree? Don't you want this hanging in our house? I would. I think this is great. Um, Where do you think this would go well, so in I our have, house? To be fair, in my office, I do have a, a framed pennant of the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. Beautiful. And I feel like this, yeah, or maybe Maggie's office. You know, one of those things. Whatever she would uh, prefer. Um, but I did not win that. So that's a bummer, right, everyone? It's great. Yeah. Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Um, okay, you think it's just a normal umbrella, right? Wrong. It's a Howard the Duck umbrella, right? You're like, okay, whatever, it's yellow. Yellow. What? 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 <laughs> Insane. I really cannot believe I didn't win this. I'm, I'm, truly, I'm truly so upset I didn't win this. Um, but it went for too much money, and again, stupid. Like, everyone be very proud of me I did not spend $110 on that. But you have to admit, it is just... <laughs> It's really something. Okay, let's see what else. I'm kind of nervous, actually. I did a little bit of vetting before, and then that's official picks. I also really, I highly recommend, obviously that went for way too much money, I highly recommend the West End game stuff for anyone that's like interested in like world building. and like You were talking about the Twi'leks. Oh, yeah. That, the first time they are named is yeah, in a West yeah. End source book, which is crazy. Like, it's, it's really insane stuff. I got to interview Bill Slavisek. Yes, and Pablo Hidalgo, um, hero. Please come on the show loves the West End games. And all the writers all like quote the West End game stuff and or showing all this weird like ships and stuff. Like it's, it is a really unsung hero of Star Wars and it's hard to find a lot of stuff. This, the journals are all like Tim Zahn short stories that have never been republished that are all in these. I have also been on eBay to buy these. Were you the one that bought this <laughs> no, for $200? No, I the one that bought this, but I did buy some for my, my essay. Okay, let me, um, I'm gonna do, this is, I should not be doing this. Oh, the teacup is, I, I own it. I bought that. And that was on Etsy. Can't we see some of the things you purchased, though, to uh, know what's in your house? Purchase. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Say it louder. <laughs> okay, I'm zooming in. Oh, I can just. Yeah, I, I, really, I thought of you. I, thought, I was like, should I send this to her or should I buy it for myself? And I did. I, um, it was, it's this weird. See, you can see what else they sell. They just sell like old books signed by random people. And I have this save search for Joseph Campbell signed books. And 
um, it was $60, and I said, what about $40? And a beautiful first edition of The Flight of the Wild Gander, signed by the hero of Star Wars, Joseph Campbell. So um, thank you. Yeah, uh, what, a, what a treat. Right, Maggie? <laughs> a treat. Here's another treat. Rare Lucasfilm Limited gift for employees, crew, wear only. Okay. It's beautiful. It's on my office chair. I have a story about this one, which is that I received instruction as we were doing the laundry in preparation for coming here. And Brandon had been doing the laundry. Great job, Brandon. I was going in, you know, you flip it from the washer to the dryer. And he's like, there's a blanket in there that can't go in the dryer. It needs to hang dry. And I'm like, oh, great. So good. Meanwhile, there's $200 of Lululemon sitting in the dryer that you had put in the dryer. So that just shows you where his priorities are. A $40 Lucasfilm Limited Employees Only Blanket. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's a great blanket. I'm, I'm truly getting nervous. Oh, this, I was going to... This is just like a normal island. I, I was like, oh, I'll wear this to celebration. I did not wear it to celebration. She's underneath my desk now, sorry. Um, what else? Oh, this is stupid. Um, and this is not Star Wars. But Steve Martin used to do this thing where if you met him, instead of like an autograph or a photo, he would give you this business card that says, if you've had a personal encounter with me and you found me warm, polite, intelligent, and funny, Steve Martin, which is very funny. And someone went through his estate, I guess there was a sale, and they just got a big box of them. So they were selling each one individually, and Patrick Cotnor, uh, George Lucas Talk Show, uh, sent me a note. He was like, I just bought this. And I was like, I just bought this too. It's like a, it's like a, a membership card for the worst club in the world, right? This is what that is. Um, okay, I really hate that the prices are right there, but it's whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, this is, this is $75, but look what I got. The great deal. Indiana Jones stuff is getting a little wild, and I didn't have actually any of these. And so I'm very happy with it. Soft cover, uh, Rinsler book, The Ultimate Guide, DK, uh, Came with Crystal Skull, the exclusive thing. They threw that in for free. This, so that was a good, every, you know, I good. I the illustrated screenplay. That's very good. Yeah, that's great. Good job. Thank you. So that's pretty much <laughs> it. I think the only other thing that we could do that I, again, should not do because then y'all will start bidding against me. I do think for the last <laughs> few minutes, I can show you, how would I find that? Save searches. Just because I think what's important um, and something that I really try to stress is just, you know, we're at Celebration, there's obviously booths from the big brands, but I do think that there is like significant value in kind of honing in on what you collect and what you think is cool and something that you can't just like get at Walmart and Target. So those things are cool sometimes, but I do, I obviously find a lot of joy in like the hunt a little bit and like being very specific. And I think some of the things I'll show here, but then also a lot of the fan-made stuff um, has gotten really, really great. And then things like the fanzines have been just like the, the greatest joy I've gotten from, from like collecting recently beyond just like, oh, here are the 10 new action figures. You're like, great, okay, yes, I'll buy them all. So let's see. Um, I'm not saying that you should outbid Brandon, but you should, because that book is amazing. This book is great. It's a really, really, it was like but you this can, huge, huge book that I had as a very small child, <laughs> but, uh, but I've, it, it is an amazing I'm, gonna, uh, I'm just going to Industrial Light Magic, and I am searching highest first. Let's see. No, that's fake. <laughs> oh, this is, that's an oh wow, look at that. Yes, I don't know what that means, but I won't do that. Let's see. Oh, that's, this has been there for a while and has a best offer. I'm like, maybe, I won't. I already have that sticker. Yeah, I don't have this jacket. If anyone, everyone was like, this panel was great. I would love if Brandon got to own the episode one Industrial Light and Magic jacket. Um, I do really want them. And again, Patrick Cottonore has one, and I'm very jealous because they're like not super rare, but they are expensive. And I could wear this watch next time I go to Celebration. I don't know what this is. Oh my gosh! Actually, we're discovering this in real time. <laughs> and I, oh my god. This is crazy. Make an offer, make an offer. We don't have any space on our kitchen counter. Does it work? I feel it's dangerous for me to be sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, declined. I, uh, but, that, but here's the thing, here's the thing. Always low bid because then it gets into their system and then when they get desperate, like this person will get desperate, they will just send me an offer in like three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, and then I'll get the grill. That's so funny. I'm so glad I did this. Okay, let's keep going. Now I'm like, now I'm like amped up, but the adrenaline is rushing. Um, where did it go? Okay. Uh, I don't know. And sometimes you get like lamps. Again, that's the problem with the, what is this? I could what? be convinced to get a lamp. 
private opinion. What is this? What is this? <laughs> this feels. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know. I take it is back. that a real lamp? Like, is that a lamp from industrial light? <laughs> that magic? lamp. It's just an industrial <laughs> light magic. Oh, a magic lantern. It's a magic lantern. Industrial light, magic lantern. <laughs> These are great. I wonder. Oh, I'm in that one. You're in the 2004. <laughs> are you actually? I wonder if it's in the excerpt. Let's find out. It's not in the excerpt. No, like sometimes, like there's like they like show one page. Like, are you here? So no, uh, I think that I well, because I never went to any. I did go. Oh, there you me, are. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, so the yearbooks that they used to come out with, like they have, like like they're an actual yearbook, and so really I'm in that. that one. Uh, like my my headshot is in there. You should buy um, it. But I had really excellent timing because several people at Lucasfilm they used to throw these um, Halloween parties where like literally they'd have Halloween, co like these huge warehouse, and you'd be going to a Halloween costume where they had a contest, but like you were in contest, like with the people who made the costumes for Revenge of the Sith. And like you would be, like people would come, and like the person who won that year was like three people who created like a life-size T-Rex, you know? Like you had people like creating all of these like amazing things, but it was like going to this like magical carnival thing. And my understanding is that that was kind of the last of those Really? Big ones, because they moved, the Presidio opened in 2005, and I didn't see it until 2018 when I ended up visiting, but, uh, but they moved, um, you know, that's when a lot of the stuff moved when they moved to the Presidio, so. Sorry, I got slightly distracted because this is actually a pretty good price for this bust, but the problem is it normally says Star Wars Episode 3 for Revenge of the Sith on the bottom, it doesn't, I think it rubbed off. No bid. <laughs> there, I, I kind of want to see if it's here, because I want to show y'all because someone just sold a bunch of Lucasfilm yearbooks. Did I type that in right? Yeah. Um, and George Lucas is on the... Maybe I'll sell mine. How much will you give me for my... <laughs> like... Well, does it say this? Let's see if it's in... I think it's this one. Because George Lucas is like the front of the roster every time. And it's when he had a, a kid. And so these photos are... Inc like, look at that. That's, that's crazy. Okay, but then that's not exactly the one. I wonder if it's this one. Let's see. Look at that. That's great, too. Yeah, look at him. Look, he's so happy. Chairman of the board. I thought it was Chairman of the Beard for a second. I got excited. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. This is it. And it's not going to load. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to buy this, right? Like, this is... Don't you. People are taking pictures of it. <laughs> this is crazy. I love it. I kind of, honestly, this might be the next. It feels creepy with the kid, but I, I kind of do want to make it like the shirt, you know, like. Uh, yeah, or yeah, maybe just like I'll Photoshop it. So, you know, again, I'm not just doxing it. Oh, oh my God. That's a great idea. Brandon and Big Daddy Lucas. Um, we're, we're, That's your celebration gift. 2025 merch. 2025. Be on the lookout. Well, I, pretty much out of time. That was a good way to burn a few minutes. Thank you all for, for putting up with that. Oh my gosh. And thank you all for... Thank you all for coming to uh, Talking Bay 94 live in Europe. What the, what's going on? There we go. Yeah.